the first reaction to truth is hatred. Salute Nation. It's October 13, 2023, 3.11 a.m. on the East Coast, and it's currently 38 degrees I hear this morning in New York, episode 102. So let's talk about that quote. The first reaction to truth is hatred. Does anyone disagree or agree with that? I personally, I think it's both. I agree and disagree. Um, And here's why. Depending on who it's from, I don't care if they take me out of my uh, comfort zone or or safe zone or, or my beliefs. If it's coming from somebody who I respect, and trust, I'm not going to come in with hatred. I'm not even going to challenge it. Unless, it also depends on the mood as well. But if I don't like someone, or know somebody, then that's the time that I will. I don't know if you can really call it hatred so much. Uh, maybe I haven't been in that situation in a long time. Maybe I deemed it as someone's coming at me hatred, but it it's not as, you know. But really what I think why in general, why the first reaction to truth to hate uh, the the what the why it is the the first reaction to truth is hatred in general is because the truth challenges our current belief system and to think beyond themselves so we we we, we don't we're not thinking beyond it and many just don't like being challenged at all. It takes everyone out of their comfort zone, safe zone, whatever you want to call it. And I truly believe in that. I believe in general. When we come at people with truth and 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 people come back and react to it with hatred. Or they may think they're coming in with hatred as well. I think a lot of that has to do with not with with comfort zone being challenged, or they don't like being challenged. Uh, it, you know, nobody likes to be wrong in their belief system. I also believe, you know, like how I said before, of it. It also depends on who it's coming from, right? Um, like, I like to be taught, right? I, I like to be lectured by somebody who's done it. You know, like when, as a graphic designer, I'm not going to talk to somebody that's not a graphic designer about this. I'll, I'll get a person's opinion who's artsy. Like if you're a painter, uh, a photographer, uh, an illustrator, 
I, I will ask your advice because you understand the color concepts. You, you understand the meaning of the color. You understand uh, of the manipulation and, 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 and the eye test. But I'm not going to ask somebody of, 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 of that, of the truth of the graphic design, of, of or give me honest, truthful impact, or, or um, not impact, um, feedback. Uh, you know what I mean? Just because, you know, I'm not going to talk to a doctor to get legal advice and I'm not going to talk to my lawyer to get medical advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, I, I, because it's, it's, it's not going to be trustworthy information, but yeah, that's why I chose that to, to start this show is because I think this ties into this episode. Somewhat, not all of it, but it ties into it. So let's get started with the show. Black Saturday recap. Now, no one really went full beatdowns on the Packer fans this week. Um, so it was a mild show, but still entertaining as usual. The truth was, <laughs> and I believe like a lot of Packer fans, is because they suck. And they're not a well-traveled franchise, per se. I mean, they, they did fill the, the Death Star pretty good. But I, I, you don't, I don't see much, I don't see many Green Bay Packer fans. You know, in my area... Obviously, Bills fans, Raider fans, I see, Cowboy fans. The Patriot fans are dying out anyways because they're not good anymore, which is funny hearing them complain about how their team is shitty. And I'm like, you just had two fucking decades of dominance. Cool down. But then I get it why people, when, as a Yankee fan, why people are like, you have 27 world titles. Like, does it matter if you can't win the 28th yet? <laughs> so, you know, that, that, again, the reaction to truth is hatred. And I come back with hatred. <laughs> because I'm being challenged. They're, they're taking me out of my fucking comfort zone. But Black Saturday, it takes you out of comfort zone. And, and because it's shit talking, right? It's, it's, it's. That's the time where you brutally beat down who you want to beat down. You say shit. You, I still don't. I mean, I pick on Raph, right? I pick on Raphael all the fucking time. Um, and I, there are some people who may not know, know my ways with Raphael. Some people may look at it as, damn, you really do hate this dude. And it's like it's it's that's not even the truth, um, because I do like Raphael, and and there is no hatred towards what I say to him, um, but I do go at him pretty hard. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, 
but you know what i think a lot of it has to do is because of 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 it is his language barrier right i don't understand anything he fucking says i don't believe that he's a true raider fan or a yankee fan um just because i, I just i i think he's trying too hard to fit in and and because he he's like a parrot he utters the same shit that somebody just said a couple of minutes ago same exact and it's like he's following a fucking script this feels like black saturday that i'm going on with you know but the truth is is rafael is a good dude that i would love for him just to be himself but I get it because the language barrier, nobody's going to understand. And, 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 and I don't, I, I'm honest. I, I don't understand. I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand the dialect. Um, and it has nothing to do with him per se. It just, I just don't understand anything he says, but I also don't trust anything he says. Right. I, I do think he's a grifter. Um, I do think of, uh, of, of him as, somebody's not being honest with himself and probably i shouldn't say grifter because i don't think he's doing it for clout or money i think he's just doing it to fit in um so my advice to Raphael, if he hears this just be yourself man just be yourself you don't have to be a raider fan or or you know i mean a raider fan to 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 come along to hang out just be be just be you but if you're going to be a Raider fan, you cannot act like a little bitch. The meaning that after Black Saturdays and people are coming at you or me coming at you and we're throwing fucking tomato fucking emojis after you, don't fucking do a live afterwards crying for attention. I watch and see everything. Don't do that. So what's your first reaction, Raphael, going to be to this? Because this is the truth. What's your first reaction to this? Are you going to come at me with hatred? Are you feeling that I hate you? Or are you going to take heed to my advice and just be yourself? And understand that I'm coming at you or coming to you with this as... As because I see through your bullshit. Again, the first reaction to truth is hatred. This is my truth. I like you, Raphael. I do. I think you are a funny dude. I just think you just try too hard to fucking fit in. I don't think you're built for the internet. Because everything that gets to you, you make a live and whine about it. I've seen your other videos where you feel comfort, where, where you're talking about stuff in your native tongue and the passion you have that 
right there is what you need to bring if you want to be in this circle. You can't pussyfoot. You can't be a pussy about it. See, I love Ben. I love Ben. I think Ben is a good dude. He's a good brother. There's many of them out there that I think are fucking great fucking people. But at the same time is, I'm no pushover. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to talk my shit. Yes, they're Princess Cox. I stole your fucking line. Don't care. But I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to have fun, of course. So it's not everything I say is going to be a truth. It's, but it just, I'm not afraid, afraid at all to be hated or disliked. But I also know that when a lot of them are talking shit, it's out of fucking love and good time. And there's other communities I belong to. (laughs) And I've still got my real name out there. I still use my real face. I'm not hiding. If you want to know where I live, you know where I live. (laughs) I'm an open book. I do not fear being doxxed. But my thing is there's certain taste to dox, right? Know where I live. Know my phone number. You know, if you contact my family, that's the fault on you. You That's stupid. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know how this got to this point, but <laughs> I mean, see, I mean, I, I wanted to start doing shows a little bit more structure, right? No script, but structured. You know, I, I like to talk about like how I started this show. You know, I had the quote, started going on about what that quote means, uh, my opinion about it, what I think of it, you know, and, and. I think I did that. I covered that. And then I went into, oh, yeah, I started talking about Black Saturday. <laughs> it started winning um, Raphael like it's Black Saturday. Uh, I, I think because I'm always in Black Saturday mode. I'm a shit talker. I call people retard. I, I only thing I'm not going to do is call somebody racial terms. You know, but other rest of the stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I have a problem with something, I'm going to say it. If I don't like you, you're going to know it. If I ignore you, there's a reason. But yeah, Black Saturday. It was fun. It was fun as usual. Which leads to the upcoming Black Saturday, which I believe it's going to be this Saturday. And the menu is the New England Patriots. 
Now, a lot of people are like, fuck the Patriots. And I'm looking at it, it's not the same anymore, right? There is no Brady. There is no that dynasty anymore. That That's dead. That's gone. Belichick's still there. So that you have some eh, still a little bitter taste that we could do. But it's not that full hatred like it was. I think people like to use special Raider fans like to go in with the with the tuck rule game. Like that's the Patriots' fault. The referees fucked up. I mean, you, you like to claim that you know the referees screw us in every fucking game, but yet you hate the Patriots when Patriots didn't make the call. You hate the we hate the Steelers because you know uh, uh, of the the bullshit catch. We we hate this. We, hate, we you know what I mean. But the refs, the refs are still being blamed for everything, and rightfully so. We're, we've always been the team that the refs hate, the league hates. We're fucking raiders. Grow the fuck up and realize that. Duh. <laughs> Stop using it as a fucking excuse. So, Patriots, how does it feel to suck again? Welcome to our level. Because <laughs> we've been shitty because of you. <laughs> there I go. There I go. Blaming the fucking thing. <laughs> totally different Patriot area. Era, they're they're no longer that that fucking that that team that just gets all the clout. That era is done for them. Welcome back to being shitty. Enjoy the show. So as always, you know, Black Saturday will be on uh, Ben's channel. Well, no, the Demon channel, so it's backup, which is also monetized. So Ben has two channels monetized. Uh, hey, Princess Cox, you only have one, right? Yeah. You've been at it this long time, too, and you only got one, and you just... Uh, actually, I don't know your numbers anymore. I don't follow your punk ass. So, yeah. So, how is that for the first reaction to truth is hatred? Kind of dry right there. <laughs> so that's us. Switch gear and talk about graphic design. What does a graphic designer mean and do according to Occupational Outlook Handbook? Graphic designers create visual concepts using computer software or by hand to communicate ideals that inspire, inform, and captivate consumers. Is a degree needed? No. Many are self-taught without the bachelor's degree in graphic design or related field. Or even certificate stores. However, a degree or certificate wouldn't hurt. Here's a quote. Actually, I'll talk about that quote 
of graphic designing and art in general. But here's a list of the tools that graphic designers that we use, and there's a point to it, and there's a shit ton. Obviously, the industry standards, Adobe Illustrator, and Photoshop. That is that is the industry standard. Um, that is what, you know, if you want to play with the big boys, you, you got to learn that. And I'm not there yet. I don't use Photoshop or Illustrator. Um, I've only been doing graphic design, what? maybe two years now but there's gimp gimp is an open source which is the cheaper version free version um that could do pretty much what illustrator and photoshop can do um the problem is it's open source so updates may not work well on your computer gotta take chances i guess uh, affinity designer which is a pretty good one sketch Corel Draw, draw um, Coral Vector, Creative Cloud Express, um, SEG Edit, Inkscape Vector, Vector Styler, VectEasy, SV Gator, Procreate, Krita, I think I said that wrong, Canva and Kittle, which I mainly do use, those two, and uh, countless some more. So here was my point with all that. The designs, everything, I don't think it matters. And here's why it doesn't matter. Because the point is, use any tool to get the job done. Even though that Illustrator and Photoshop are the industry standards, don't limit yourself to just using those. Just like I'm not going to, you know, once I get a new computer, um, <laughs> you know, eventually, um, I'm stepping my game up. I'm still going to use Kittle. I'm still going to use Canva. But I'm going to use everything else because it is, at the end of the day, about getting the job done. Um, so, yeah. So here's a quote. And this is what I want to leave this topic off with. Design is as much a matter of finding problems as it is solving them. This was by Brian Lawson. And I believe he's an architect as well as a psychiatrist. So he understands, well, you know, problem solving. Design is as much a matter of finding problems as it is solving them. Now, somebody who came in to graphic design in front-end web development that later turned into web design that turned into graphic design in general. Um, as coding developing the website and stuff you're finding a problem of the code right you got to solve that code you got to um <laughs> you got to find out why that error is and you got to fix it um graphic design well it depends what you're doing like the type of graphic designs that i like doing are edits you know a, a lot of it is my vision of what i want to see 
Now, when I'm working with a client, um, like when I make a, a, a stuff for Twitch for a client or 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 his or her um, thumbnails and, and and whatever, it is based on their taste. End of the day, it's if they're satisfied or not. Now, there's other things that you know, pamphlets, um, info graphics um uh, i mean resumes you could dev- design uh other things i mean there's so much things that a graphic designer does um logo making i, I enjoy developing logos um I, but I still, the main thing is, is doing it for yourself. What I want to do, right? I, but that's just because of the arts of free will. Now, one thing I did like of the last client I had of, of, for, of a Twitch thing is he gives me the, the final say in the design, like, go ahead, do your work. And he trusts us. And obviously it's a friend of mine, so it's a little bit easier. And then you get some who <laughs> who think you didn't do enough. <laughs> it was my first experience. Um, agreed upon contract without it written contract without it. You know, I trusted his word, um, <laughs> and 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 the. Yeah, it's, you know, those that don't know. Um, no hard feelings anymore. It's done and over with. It's just I would never do business with him, you know, just because I see through his truth, which is a lie. Um, And, yeah, it's it. that's what it's about. You know what I mean? It's It is what it is at the end of the day. But as a graphic designer, you have to find the problem. You, you're fixing a problem as well. But sometimes you're not solving it, you know. Um, and a lot of times that has to do with your vision does not match as your client vision. And I think that happens, you know. I think the greatest graphic designers out there, people who've been in this field a lot longer, have gone through that situation, and 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 there'll be many more, which is fine because I I'm always open for that challenge. So, you know, and that's the truth of it, right? And there is no hatred because I I love what I do, I trust what I do, um, and. Yeah. Which leads to my newest projects are already listed on Facebook and Instagram. I've done what? Three? Three. Yeah. I believe it's three. Three or four. Um, I like it. Um, Sophia Bush, who... I have a 
deep crush on. I've always had a deep crush on. Uh, she's from One Tree Hill. Shows on One Tree Hill. She does. Um, um, and then the other one was the Drama Queens podcast, which is the ladies of One Tree Hill who, you know. And, of course, Edge. Well, Adam Copeland, who is now in AEW. Um, I'm working on uh, Moni. Um, that's all I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna give another hit. She's a professional wrestler, so I'm working on that edit. Um, I've been working on logos, not just my own, but other things. Whatever, just you know, redesigning um, great logos that are already exist existence of others and redesign it, like how I did with the sports logos. Or my team logos, and then the sports logos. Iron sharpens iron. You always got to keep your ability fresh. You always got to look at what's new. Of course, what's new is AI. Um, I haven't really done anything with AI as far as using that into my designs, but it is about prompt writing, which is prompt engineering, which is basically creative writing. <laughs> um, with a little bit more, you know, a little bit more than that. So I want to definitely learn into that, and then you got to just see the forecast of of the future trends. You know, that's what it's about about being a graphic designer. Love what you do, have passion what you do. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go get something to drink. When I come back, I'm gonna talk about sports. So don't worry worse. I'll be right back. So that's uh let's start with the Georgetown Hoyas. Now the season's not beginning yet. Their first game is November seventh. It's a home game against Lee May Moy Delphin whatever. I never even heard of this college. But I'll go over preview this game when the season gets close. Um, so I'm thinking in November 3rd or even November 6th. Um, so would would I will talk about the Hoya season. So uh, yeah, th this is the part where of the show where it's going to be scripted like um, mainly because I you know, I have the stats. <laughs> so, you know, you, so you may hear more paper rattling. And <laughs> so, uh, I want to talk about Notre Dame now. Number 11th or 10th rank Notre Dame fighting Irish coming in at five and one, two away, 30 straight wins against. Well, the AFs, the ACC, they're facing the number 25th, fifth rank at that time, Louisville Cardinals, coming in at that game, 5-0, 2-0 at home. Irish led this all-time series 2-1, two two-game win streak. Last game played, 2020, Irish won that game 12-7 in South Bend. Of course, I picked Irish to win this game. So here we go. At halftime, game was tied 7-7. to Cardinals started the scoring 
in the first half with a 12-play, 78-yard touchdown drive after an interception from quarterback Sam Hartman of the Irish. Irish tied it at 7 on Irish's fourth possession of the game after an 11-play, 88-yard drive. Coming into the second half now, Cardinals fumbled. That led to an Irish field goal to make it a 12 or 10-7 Irish lead after four plays to that field goal. Cardinals second possession in the second half tied it at 10 apiece. After a nine-play, 48-yard drive that ended with a field goal. Anyways, Irish scored 13 total points in the second half, while Cardinals scored 26 to win the game. 33 to 20. With this loss, Irish is now 5 and 2, 2 and 1 away. 30 game win streak against ACC team snapped. Um, series against Cardinals is now tied at 2 apiece. Individual stats Sam Hartman, 22 for 33, 8. 244 or 254 yards, 6.7 average, two touchdowns, three interceptions. This was the first game with an interception, and well, he threw three. 27.1 QBR, which is not good at all. It's trash, actually. He also play, uh, had 10 carries, 12 yards, or minus 12 yards, forgive me, and a minus 1.2 average. Zero rushing touchdowns. Longest rush was, or longest rushing yards was 12 yards. Um, plus, he lost two fumbles as well. So he had two fumbles on top of three interceptions. He, he was terrible. Rushing, running back Audric Astin, or Astmin. I still can never pronounce his last name. He had 10 carries, which was tied with Sam Hartman, with most carries in the game for the Irish. Running back Jeremiah Love. Led with 37 yards, seven uh, 7.4 average, and longest rush run of 13 yards. Keep in mind, this was <laughs> Irish strength is running. They they have a running attack. They have like three or four backs that could just run, and they couldn't get the job done. Credit to Cardinals, by the way. Receiving tight end Mitchell Evans, four receptions, 71 yards. Wide receiver Jordan Faison, 24.0 average. Longer's reception at 36 yards. Evans and Faison with one touchdown reception each. Um, and defensive linebacker J.D. Bertard and... And safety, D.J. Brown, each had nine tackles, total tackles. Bernard, or Bertrand, I mean, and cornerback Benjamin Morrison had five solo tackles each. Bertrand and DJ, uh, defensive lineman Nana Osafo Mensea had a, one sack each. Bernard again and defensive lineman Howard Cross, the third, had one and a half tackles for a loss each. Morrison and cornerback Clarence Lewis with one pass defended each. Zero defensive touchdowns. 
Spencer Schrader, two for two on field goals. Longest at 54 yarder. Longest was a 54 yarder. Um, two for two in extra points. He had eight points total. Punting Bryce McPherson, four punts, 170 yards, 42.5 average, zero touchbacks, zero inside the 20. Longest punt of 47 yards. Team stats. First downs, third downs efficiency, fourth down efficiency, total yards, um, passing. That will include the pass uh, completion and attempt, yards per pass, and interceptions thrown. Rushing bracket will include carries and yards per rush. Then you got the penalties, turnovers, and time of possession. Irish, 17 first downs. Third down efficiency, they were 3 for 13. Fourth down efficiency, 0 for 2. Or 0 for 2. 298 total yards. Passing, 254. 22 for 38, 6.7 average. Three interceptions thrown. Rushing. 44 total yards for a team that runs a lot and 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 usually gets over a team of team rushing yards of 150 plus 130 plus this is the first game that they were held to less than 100 yards on the ground first time this season keep that in mind credit to cardinals defense so 44 rushing yards 28 carries 1.6 yards per rush they were just terrible Three penalties for a loss of 35 yards. They had five turnovers, three interceptions, and two fumbles, all on Sam Hartman. Time of possessions, 28 minutes and 36 seconds. Now Cardinals, 17 first downs, five for 14 on third down efficiency, zero for zero on fourth down efficiency, 330 total yards. 145 passing yards, 17 for 24, 6.8 per pass, um, zero interceptions thrown. Rushing, 185 total rushing yards, 40 carries, 4.6 yards per rush. They were penalized six times for a loss of 35 yards. They had one fumble, and their time of possession was 31 minutes and 24 seconds. Irish is now. Ranked 21st, 5 and 2, 2 and 1 at home. And, well, what's next for them is they host the arch rivals, the 10th ranked USC Trojans, who are coming in undefeated, 6 and 0, 2 and 0 away. Irish, however, do own this all time series against the Trojans 48 38 to 5 is the record. Or 50 wins, 37 to 5, depending on what you know, what 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 site you go to. Um, some sites have it where they have the the games that got you know what after you know legal shit that got you know taken from the books. So, but yeah, it's either 48 38 to 5 or 50 37 5. Irish leading. 
Trojans won the last meeting last year, 2020, 38-17 in Los Angeles, the Coliseum. Irish has a 61.9% chance of winning this game, according to a matchup indicator. Irish are 28-13-2 at home in this series. Prediction? I got USC to win. Um, Irish, since the Ohio State game, has looked shell-shocked. Granted, two row games since then against two teams who were more hungry, which was Duke and Duke they beat, but they lost to Louisville. Irish isn't in their... Uh, Irish isn't there yet. I'm going to be truthful. The, the Irish team is not there yet. Um, I still like Freeman as their coach. I, I just don't think that they're ready yet. They're, they Sometimes they just look clueless out there. They make stupid penalties. Um, even though they were only penalized this game three times. But overall, they just... Eh, I'm going to say I like Sam Hartman. I, I do. I think, I mean, this is his only year he's going to be with Notre Dame. Um, but when he's faced with major pressure, he 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 tends to, he, he tends not to be that guy like he was in the first four games. Um, and that sucks. You know, because they call him, you know, they, 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 his benefit, and what people talk about him, hype him up as, is this calm, cool guy. But when under pressure, he doesn't look that way. He may look that way, but he doesn't play that way. Um, he, he makes the dumbest mistakes. He stays in the pocket too long. Um, he doesn't see the open guy. <clears throat> and that's when he's getting pressured. And since the Ohio State game, which was, even though we lost that game, it was a good fucking game. We should have won. Our offense didn't do their job, um, and, and neither did the defense. We we had chances to win that game, we didn't. And I think with that loss, it it, it you know what I mean because in the, even in that Duke game, it took a while for the Notre Dame team to to snap out of it to win. And this game, Louisville is a better team. Louisville came out and they whipped the shit out of us. I mean, after halftime, they just. The second half, they just made us their bitch. And that's on coaching, and that's the players. So that's why I picked them to win this game. Uh, the USC. See, I do believe that USC is more ready for a national title. Notre Dame isn't just there yet. They're, they're not there yet. Um, And that's not a diss on Freeman. That just This is his second year as a head coach, and it's going to need time to gel. I do, however, like I like what is becoming. Now, I think before the season began, I gave uh, what a ten three nine four record. Summers run there, um, and you know, after if they lose this, that's their third loss. But the schedule gets easier, you know, and but. Who knows? And and all because I predict them to lose this game doesn't mean they're going to lose it either. Um, but I do think it is a rivalry, of course. These teams 
fucking battle each other. <laughs> so and Notre Dame could pull it together. They they could be looking past these games after the Ohio State. They could have looked past Louisville and Duke because they saw USC ready um, or on the schedule. It's possible, but again, that's not the right mindset to be. Your job is to win regardless. Whoever's on the schedule, you have to win. And if you don't, you don't. That, that That's not good. A loss is never good. You do learn more as a loss, though, but, you know, these stretch of the last three games, Notre Dame did not look like how they looked like before. And it could be because the talent is better and they were facing against teams that realistically can beat them. And, you know, the last three games, they're one and two. So it is what it is on that. So now I want to talk about the Blackhawks. Oh, no, you know what? I'm going to go with the Bulls. Let's talk about the Bulls. It's still preseason. They had their first two preseason games already. October 8th, the Bulls lost to the Bucks, 102 to 105. And then their second preseason game, which was between the defending NBA champions, Denver Nuggets, versus not the Bulls, in Chicago. Bulls won that game in two overtimes, 133-124. to The third and fourth and the final fifth preseason game between the Nuggets, well, the first, you know, the Denver, they faced the Denver again. Um, then they got the Raptors in Toronto in the fourth game, and then the final preseason game is against the Timberwolves in Chicago, um, and that's on October 19th, I believe. Yeah. These last three games we played before my next episode, 103. So I just want to say who they're facing, and and NBA season is starting. Starting in, what, two weeks? So... Now I want to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks. One and one now in their first two games of the regular season. They beat the Penguins in first game, four to two. Um, it, it, they were down two nothing. And they came back and won it four two against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Or against the Penguins in Pittsburgh. It, 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 listen, Chicago Blackhawks is not the team they used to be. Um, now, I became a fan in like 2014, 2015. The year, the, the last year they won the championship or the Stanley Cup. That wasn't my team. You know what I mean? I mean, it, the, the guys on that team wasn't my guys. Like, I didn't see Captain Towles as, as a young guy. I know I butchered his name. I know Patrick Kane. I knew of the players. I just didn't follow hockey as much. But since then, you know, I, I paid closer attention, but it, it was still, you know, like Tal's last year was last year, and he stepped away due to injuries just to get healthy. I don't know if this means he's returning or I, I don't know if he's fully retiring. You never know. But this year was before the season began, the number one draft pick was for the Blackhawks. They, they, the, the last time they had the number one pick was in 2007, and that was Patrick Kane. 
So this guy is my guy who they picked in this last draft, which was Connor, the center, Connor Bedard. And um, what's cool about that is his number is 98. Now, I love Max Crosby for the Raiders, and his number is 98. Coincidence? I hope so. <laughs> but this team is, you know, I mean, they're, they're not picked to be contenders for the title. You got Pittsburgh, and then you got the Bruins, who their last, who the game that their second game of the year, you know what I mean? That that's that's these are the teams that are. But I like what I saw from the rookie. He had one assist in the first game, five shots on goal, two good shots, one was blocked, or one wasn't. Um, one shot blocked, two takeaways. Um 21 shifts, so he's involved in 21 shifts, 21.29 time, 21 minutes and 29 seconds times on the ice, two face-offs, one against 11 losses. Of course, he was facing against his idol, Sidney Crosby, but he was fast. He was good. People were wow at this guy. Um, team stats on this game, the first game, Blackhawks had 36 shots to Penguins 40. Blackhawks had 13 hits to 19 hits for Penguins. Face-offs, Blackhawks won 19. And um, Penguins won 40, which was 32.2% for the Blackhawks, 67.8% for the Penguins. On the power plays, they both, well, Blackhawks had two or four, and uh, and Penguins had two, and they're both 0-0. Shorthanded goals, zero apiece. Total penalties, Blackhawks had two. Penguins had four. Penalty minutes, four for Blackhawks, eight minutes for Penguins. Block shots, Blackhawks 16. Penguins had 19. Takeaways. Blackhawks had 12, Penguins had 11, and then in giveaways, Blackhawks gave uh, gave away two times, and 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 Penguins with eight. Second game in Boston, Blackhawks lost to the Bruins one to three. Bedard scored his first goal in his National League career or NHL career. Six shots. One shot, one good shot, one block, one hit, 20 shifts, 21 minutes and 44 t- minute, seconds time on the ice, um, six face-offs, one, and six losses. So here's the team stats for the Penguins, or not the Penguins, the, the Bruins and, 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 and the Blackhawks. So shots. Blackhawks had 21. Uh, Bruins had 33. Blackhawks had 18 hits. Bruins had 13. 20 faceoffs. One for 20 for Blackhawks. 34 for Bruins. 37% for the Blackhawks, which is 63% for the Bruins. 
<clears throat> they each had three power plays, zero of goals and percentage of it. Shorthanded goals, zero apiece. Blackhawks had six total penalties. Peng, uh, Bruins had five. And penalty minutes, Blackhawks spent most of the minutes, 23 minutes, and Bruins 13. Chicago had 27 block shots. Boston had 10 block shots. Takeaways and giveaways. Uh, Blackhawks had three takeaways to six giveaways, while Bruins had four takeaways to six giveaways. The next three games, these are before my next episode. October 14th at Montreal. October 16th at Toronto. And then October 19th at Colorado. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, sorry for the pause there, but I got a text from somebody and I should have turned my cell phone off, but I did it. So. What I'm going to go with here is not to the Major League Baseball. Now, obviously, the Yankees are out. They didn't qualify the playoffs. So, but we are now set with the ALCS and the National League, the NLCS. In the American League, the championship is going to be between two AL West teams, one and two of the division, Houston Astros, the defending champions. Versus the Texas Rangers. Um, Astros did win the division. They were tied with, you know, it was a, you know, tied of 90 wins, 72 for both of them. But the Astros won it with a tiebreaker. In the National League, it is between Arizona Diamondbacks, who just swept the Dodgers, against the Philadelphia Phillies, who beat the Atlanta Braves. Um, last year's World Series, however, was between the Astros versus the Phillies. So, um, will we see a rematch? It's possible, right? It's definitely possible. Uh, now the moment, which is always fun. It's always fun. Why know why it's always fun? Because uh, I get to talk about the Raiders. Yep, I get to talk about the Raiders. Monday Night Football. It was on October 9th. The 2-2. Two 1-1 and two, one and one on the way. Green Bay Packers versus the 1-3. 0-1 at home. Las Vegas Raiders. Coming in, Packers led this all-time series 9 to 5, Packers 4 and 2 
as the away team. Raiders on an eight-game losing streak against the Packers. Last win was in 1987. A 2-0 was the score in Green Bay. My prediction to win was the Raiders. So at halftime, Raiders led 10-3, leading at halftime for the first time this season. In the second half, Packers responded with 10 points in the third quarter while the Raiders scored nothing. So the Packers were leading 13-10 at that time. The Raiders' defense led the comeback. Raiders scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter, and the Raiders' defense stifled the Packers to zero points. Raiders ending a three-game losing streak in the, on the season with a 17-13 victory over the Packers. Raiders are now 2-3, and 1-1 one and one at home. Packers now still leading the all-time series, but now it's 9-6. 4-3 as the away team. Raiders snapped the eight, that eight-game losing streak against the Packers. Now before... I go to the individual stats. I want to say this clearly. The most important to any sport team is the victory. Regardless if you win by one, two, or a bigger score. Yes, it does not theory matter or th- uh, theory-wise matter if you score 20. It doesn't. No. It doesn't, right? If if you can win 19-18, that's still better than losing with less. You know what I mean? It, it, it's still better than losing. I believe, and this is where I'm coming from when I'm talking about, you know, we haven't scored 20 yet, is because our defense is averaging of giveaways of 22 points, because most of the games, the games that we've lost, is because the opponents have scored in the 20s, and we didn't. We haven't yet scored in the 20s. We've won when we stifled the other team to less than 20 points. Just think, because we're averaging, what, 15-something points a game, 16 points a game, and we're, you know, on average, and giving up about 22 points on average. We have to score more to win those games. And and think about it if we could, right? Think about if we scored more, how good this team could be. Because last year was like uh, if we had a defense to complement this offense. This year it's now if we had an offense that can complement this defense. But yes, no, in theory, it does not matter if you score less than 20 or more than 20 as long as you score more than your opponent. And we're 2-3. and three. Why we're 2-3? and three? Because the only two games we did score more than the opponent. But so far what's shown is if we allow more than 20, we lose. But when we hold teams to under 20, we've won. That's my stance on that. Now, before I go to the visual stats, and due to the fact that on, you know, 
So, yeah, I got, I'm going to go get something to drink, come back, and we'll talk about the individual store, sports and team sport, uh, stats as well. So, you know, one thing I hate, and this is the only thing I hate about using podcast or Spotify web browser, because um, you can only record 30 minutes in your web browser at a time. So after the 30 minutes is up, you got to put it into, you got to drag it and put it into the thing and, 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 and such. So <laughs> I hate that. See, it cut me off. Right. And it also makes me rush. And of course it's my fault too. I blame myself a lot of times of it because I get going and, and, I get going. I take too long getting to the point at times, but it's thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, and of course, not a little bit ago, I I had some dead air. Right, I, 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 getting ready to talk about the major league baseball. <laughs> I you know, I. Uh, yeah, I had some dead air. So that was wasted moments to 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 continue on. And my apologies for that. I take full blame. Now I could use my cell phone to do this on the app, which allows me more time to do this. And and in 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 sections, right? I have to do thirty minutes on the web browser. Cause, you know, yeah. So, anyways, so what I meant was before it cut me off was I'm going to do the individual stats and then the team stats. And I was in a rush to get that out. <laughs> so, so let's go. Let's go over the individual stats of the Raider game. Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 for 31, 208 yards, 6.7 average, one touchdown, one interception which it seems like every time he plays, he throws one or two interceptions. Um, sacked three times for a loss of 21 yards. 20 or 35.7 QBR, which is not good. 86.5 rating, which is uh, uh, four carries, four yards, one average. His longest run was for three yards. Josh Jacobs, 20 carries, 69 yards. Longest run was of 24 yards. He had the one touchdown, which was the only Raiders rushing touchdown. And wide receiver Trey Tucker had the longest average with a 16.0. Michael Meyer, or not Michael Meyer. Jacoby Myers. He had seven receptions, 10 targets, 75 yards, one touchdown, only Raider receiving touchdowns. Tight end and rookie Michael Mayer led with 19.5 average. He had three targets, two receptions. Devonta Adams led with the longest reception yards with 21. Adam was targeted four times for four receptions, which he was the third. Uh, in this game, and Jacobs with the five targets, five receptions, he was number two, and Mayers, or Myers, 
yeah, whatever, was number one with 10 targets for seven receptions. Now, there's some talks of people are upset with Adams being only targeted four times, and he even kind of stated that, that he wasn't happy with it in his press conference. Which is funny because if you look at the overall statistics of the year so far, Adams is like what in the top 10, I believe in the top five of receptions. So, I mean, I, I, I love the fact that he wants the ball and he should, he is the best receiver. Um, but if you look on the charts for where the passing charts are for Garoppolo, is he likes to throw for comfort. It's in a particular zone. Not so much the player. Where, you know, I mean, so, I mean, if you'll see it. You'll see if you look at the charts. Granted, the three top receptions so far and targeted has been Devontae Adams, Jacoby, and Josh Jacobs. Those are the three. The rest are... You know, not even approaching close to that mark, which is sad because, you know, if you use the slot more, if you use your tight ends a little bit more, I guarantee the defense is now going to start respecting the throw a little bit more. And that means they're going to come back away from that eight the bo- on the box, seven on the box. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to start going head up with five on five, four on five, you know what I mean? You, you'll throw in some blitzes, but now you're going to up your running game a little bit more. And we're struggling on the offensive line. Our rushing attack, our offensive line hasn't been doing their full capability. And it's partially blamed to Josh Jacobs, too. He looks a little bit slow hitting holes or seeing the holes. So at least that's how it looks on film. Daniel Carlson, one for three on field goals. 26 was his longest, two for two on extra points, five points total. It's funny when people were talking shit about Carlson. Like, like he's the top three field goal kicker, right? I mean, it, it's okay for other people to make mistakes, but not Carlson. You know, there, there's t- there were some people who were saying get rid of Carlson. It was like, well, you fucking retarded. You know, you get rid of the problem. You you don't get rid of somebody that just happened to fuck up once in a while. Come on. Fucking idiots. AJ Cole had four punts for 189 yards, 47.3 average, zero touchbacks, four inside the 20. So all of his four punts was inside 20. That's great. Um, longest punt was 55 yards. Defensive, Divine Diablo, 10 total tackles, 6 solo, Max Crosby, 1 sack. The other sack came from Trayvon Mulrig. Crosby also led with 4 tackles for a loss and 1 quarterback hit. The other Raider with a quarterback hit came from Mulrig. Raiders forced 3 turnovers, which 3 interceptions, 2 from Robert Spillane, and one from Amik Robinson that sealed the deal. Um, team stats. 
first downs, you know, from passing, from rushing, from penalties, third down efficiency, fourth down efficiencies, total plays, total yards, total drives, yards per play, passing, which will include the passing, completions, and attempts, the yards per pass, the interception thrown, the sacks, the sacks are lost, the rushing, total rushing yards, the carries, yards per rush, the red zone, penalties, turnovers, and time of possession. So since the Packers were the away team, I will start with the away team. They had 18 first downs, 7 from passing, 9 from rushing, 2 from penalties. They were 4 for 12 for three uh, third down efficiency, 1 for 1 with fourth down efficiency. They had a total of 57 plays, 285 total yards, 11 total drives, 5.0 yards per play, 175 passing yards, 16 for 30, 5.5 yards per pass, three interceptions thrown, two sacks for a loss of seven. Um, and then for rushing, they had 110 yards, 25 carries, 4.4 yards per rush. One for three in the red zone, three for 18. They were penalized three times for a loss of 18 yards, Three interceptions uh, as far as the turnovers. 27.20 or 26 minutes and 26, 27 minutes and 26 seconds for time of possession. Raiders now. They had 19 first downs, 13 of that by passing, six from rushing, and zero from penalties. Five for 13, third down efficiency. One for one and fourth down efficiency. They had 64. Total plays, 279 total yards, 11 total drives, 4.4 yards per play. 183 passing, 22 for 31, 5.2. One interception thrown, four sacked for a loss of 25 yards. 96 rushing yards, 29 carries, 3.3 yards per rush. They were two for three in the red zone. Penalized four times for a loss of 28 yards. And only turnover was the interception. 32 minutes and 34 seconds was the time of possession. In this game, the Raider defense, they blitzed three times, four hurries, zero quarterback knockdowns, two sacks, six pressures, and four missed tackles. Total... After five games, 31 blitzes, 12 hurries, 8 quarterback knockdowns, 9 sacks, 29 pressures, and 32 missed tackles. Um, Raiders' next game, Sunday, 15th, 4.05 p.m. Eastern Start Time. The 1-4, one 1-1 one one away, New England Patriots versus the 2-3, and 1-1 one one at home, Raiders. Um, all-time Patriots lead this series 20 to 16-1. Raiders won last meeting last year, 20 to or 30 to 24, which was also in Vegas. Um, prediction, I got Raiders to win. Um, who's worse than us on scoring is, is the Patriots. <laughs> um, especially the last two games. I think they've scored what three points, given up like 70. Um, maybe this is the game that we come alive and we win. We, we you know, if you know, we're five hundred now. 
Um, and that's the most important thing is the win. I'm not going to go ballistic over a win. Um, it's crazy to be, you know, I, even though I do like to pick it apart and watch the film and talk about the stats, at the end of the day, I just want my team to win. I don't care for a last place defense, last place offense, as long as we win. I mean, I do care, but the winning matters more because the winning is what it counts. Right? That's my point of view of that. It's the winning is well that matters. Yes, I would love my team to be dominant, considering the, you know the payroll that we spend on the offensive side, and you know the hype of uh, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo and all this talk of his wins and loss record, which is fine and fucking foolish with me. Um, and yes, I do give you know do uh, talk shit in the chat rooms about that. I give that sarcastic remarks of that because a lot of people were so hung up on Jimmy G is such a winner. Look at his quarterback record. But yet they failed to talk about the fucking defenses. All right. Granted, our defense right now, here's the fuck up funny fucking funny thing about this. Our defense right now after four to, after five games is ranked 14th. We're doing pretty good on pass defense. Where we suck is rushing defense. We're not that good at red zone defense. We're not that good at three point, you know, three third down efficiency defense. But we're also not that good on the offensive side on that bracket. Our offense is not that good, guys. I mean, the rankings prove. The games proved it. Two and three is good. I, I, and, and, and it is. And here's the thing. You know, Denver, anybody can beat up. We, we've owned them for the last three, four years. Then you got Buffalo, who is an AFC championship contending team. When they play great, when they're on firing on all cylinders, they can rival Kansas City Queefs. They're good. All because they lost their first game, and that's why a lot of Raider fans were going, oh, look at Georgia. Look at that. We, we could beat the Bills now because the Jets beat them, and they don't have fucking Rodgers anymore. The first game, people were all hyped up of, of that because we were coming in from a win and Bills were coming in from a loss and we were in Buffalo where we don't do good historically and they whipped the shit out of us. It's funny where some people were saying, oh, we had a chance to win that game. How? Where? <laughs> then there were the two other teams, right? Pittsburgh Steelers, who are now... I think what they're winning their division now. And we could have beaten them. We lost to the Chargers, who we should have beaten in that game. So realistically, we should be 4-1. We could have been 4-1. But we're 2-3. and three. The schedule is going to get a little bit easier. And this is the time we have to take advantage. You you have to only play who's on the schedule. 
You can't worry about who they faced, how good they did against that team, because each game is totally different. As much as the Patriots suck this year, we're only one game better. But if our defense, who has been playing good, they're 14th ring for a reason. If they continue to play like they've been playing, I mean, you know, clean up some things, get better at tackling. Um, let's 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 do this. Let's become three and three. Three and three is better than coming losing this game and looking shitty. The win is what matters the most. That's all I want. That's all I ever want on my, any of my teams. Just win. I don't want to hear the excuses of why we suck or why we lost this game. Don't want to hear it. I want to see results, and the results is the victory. That's the only thing I want to see. Fucking sure, you know, if my team wins or lo- loses and, and, and they played hard, I there are such things as teams that are better than my teams. So there are some moral victories in cases. But at the end of the day, it doesn't fly. It is the victory that matters. That's why they keep score. That's why they keep the records. Because that matters. It's a team fucking sport. The individual record's great, but at the end of the day, it is about the team because it's a team sport. I can't wait to see when this franchise again plays all factions, the all phases of the field. The offense meets the defense together. Special teams carrying their load. And we combine the three phases of this team element and win fucking games. That's all I want. Give me the fucking victory. And if you can't do it, get the fuck out. So, so episode 103. What am I going to talk about in episode 103? Well, the Black Saturday, the recaps of that, as well as the preview on who's on the menu next. Irish and Trojan recap prediction, USC to win. And the preview on who the Irish play next. I'll also be talking about the Patriots and Raiders recap. I predict the Raiders. B500, 3-3. I predict them to win, obviously. And then preview who the Raiders play next. The Blackhawk updates, the Bulls updates, and whatever else I want to talk about. So until then, and as always, salute nation.